0: all right good evening everyone how 's everybody doing man, It was great to see everybody out here. We had just an amazing, amazing service this morning uh, his god 's presence was oh man, his glory was there. Lives were changed I mean people 's lives I mean my life was changed. Praise God, my life was changed. Uh, we got to spend the rest of the afternoon with the Gauls, just them pouring into us and us probably asking them a lot of questions <laughs> about ministry, and it was really great. And so we're excited for the turnout tonight. We're excited. Uh, we are getting this on recording, uh, so I did figure that out, praise God. And so we're going to get this recorded, and we'll get it posted up on our on our website, too. So in case you miss something or trying to take notes or whatever, and you don't and you know, catch everything, uh, it'll be on recording. So let us pray, and then I'll do a quick intro, and we'll get started. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for tonight. Father, I thank you for your move of great power in this area. Father, I thank you for churches partnering together. I thank you, Father, for the healings that we have seen in this church and in this area. Father, I thank you, Lord, that the church is going out and casting demons out in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for people who are in wheelchairs or walking in Jesus' name. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that your spirit is moving with might and with power Father, that the lost shall be saved, the sick shall be healed, Father. Lord, we just thank you that families are thriving in Jesus' name. Father, even this this time where people are maybe uh, coming back in, back in homes, Lord, and being together more, we just pray and ask that your spirit moves within each family and that relationships are restored, and as people spend more time together, they reconnect things that need reconnected, Father God, uh, within relationships. And so we just thank you for that. And Father, we just pray a blessing over tonight. Uh, we just thank you for Jeremy and Jocelyn and their family and their ministry. Father, I just pray that you bless this whole evening tonight and what you have uh, on his heart to share with Erie Christian Fellowship Church for such a time as this. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, Jeremy, come on up, brother. Amen.
1: Thanks, man. Amen. How many you glad you're here tonight? Glory to God. Good crowd, man. Good crowd. And thank God we're allowed to meet and God's protecting us. And uh we'll build our faith tonight. How's that sound? Everybody say I'm building my faith. Uh I'm honored to be in Paul Luciano's class tonight. Amen. He's a good friend of mine. And uh if you listen to this, Paul, hello, thank you. Uh good to uh, good to be here. So uh praise God. Oh hey there hey <laughs> how you do? hey, good to see you, welcome back, all right, how is suffering for Jesus down there okay good, good, good to have you, Paul man I'm honored to have your class here you are and hey, praise God, good to see you amen hallelujah so uh we're gonna we're gonna study faith tonight, uh, a lot of stuff going on in the world, isn't that right? and the Bible says that this is the victory that's overcome the world even our faith amen uh we're getting a lot of um A lot of uh, good advice about what to do, you know, current crisis we're in. Uh, Crisis is nothing new on the earth. Uh, This earth has been a bad neighborhood ever since the fall, you know, and uh, there's been other kinds of things, and yeah, you know, we do uh, whatever we can, and like I said, all the steps they're giving us, some of them seem like a hassle, you know, closing things down and stuff. If it saved just one life, it'd be worth it, isn't that right, if we could just keep one person from getting something bad, it'd be worth it. But how many know that there's instances on this earth where the very best of natural efforts uh, offer little to no hope? Are you with me tonight? And thank God where man's ability ends and where natural answers end in situations, God is still able to do something. And uh, we still have a God of no impossibility. We still have a God for, for whom nothing is too hard. And uh, how, do you, how do you get God's help in a situation? You get God's help by faith, amen? And uh, faith releases the hand of God to move in this situation. So, you know, ain't nothing wrong with doing whatever you can to, to make things go better, to help somebody else out, to whatever, wash your hands a thousand times a day, whatever works, you know, and uh, anything we could do to help people. But there is a limit to what, you know, there's a limit to what natural steps can do. There's a limit to what, uh, you know, I use the example of my brother when he was in combat in Iraq. He did everything naturally, went from, you know, greatest military on earth at this time. And he was in the Marines and wore his body armor and wore his Kevlar and and uh, fired returned fire and did everything he could do naturally. But he was in instances where the very best of natural help and technology just fell short, you know. And he needed more intervention, and God intervened on his behalf. And I've shared the stories here before my brother. Sometimes he goes out and tells his own testimony of how God protected him in combat and, and uh, saved him in situations, and other people, other, other Marines and his Muslim interpreter got born again because they saw how God helped him, and they knew there was no natural explanation for it. You know, And so thank God, when, when natural ability ends, that's not where God's ability ends. Where natural answers end, that's not where God, God's answers end, amen? And so there's still help. And we'd really be smart to put our, our faith on the foundation of God above all else, amen? Sure, do whatever else, you know. I wear a seatbelt, but I trust God for protection, amen? And uh, thank God I trust him uh, to protect me. I trust that his angels are around about me and so on and so forth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for tonight, I thank you for all these precious people you've brought out. Father, thank you. Open up your word to us, enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Father, we thank you in this day that the word is still true. It hasn't changed. And Father, no matter what happens around us, the word still says the same thing. And Father, no matter what report we may receive about our situation, whether it be financial, whether it be in a relationship, whether it be in our health, your word still says the same thing about us father and we thank you tonight that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God Lord thank you for your word we love you thank you for tonight in Jesus name amen Amen. well if you have your Bibles with you tonight let's go to Mark chapter 6 and verse 45 Uh, whatever gets you there whether you have to press buttons or unroll a scroll or you know turn pages let's get to Mark 6 Mark chapter 6 verse 45 Story of Jesus walking on the water, and what I'm going to talk to you about tonight is give you some real specifics on how to build your faith. How does that sound? Some real specifics of how to build expectation in your heart for miracles in your life, and and how to uh, walk with God. Aren't you glad that that the word has answers for us? And uh, we're going to give you some real specifics, some real uh, steps that you could take uh, again, Mark verse six, and starting, uh, excuse me, chapter six, starting in verse forty-five. It says, "Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side to Bethsaida, while he himself was sending the crowd away. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray." And when it was evening, the boat was in the middle of the sea, and he was alone on the land, seeing them straight. See, excuse me, seeing them straining at the oars, for the wind was against them. At about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. Well, that's impressive. And he intended to pass by them, but when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed that it was a ghost and cried out, for they all saw him and were terrified. But immediately he spoke with them and said to them, "Take courage! It is I." do not be afraid. Aren't you glad Jesus doesn't want us to be afraid? (laughs) Just that right there, you know, we could preach on that all night. Jesus always said when he came on the scene, don't be afraid. Turn to somebody around you and say, do not fear. fear. Yeah, that's a good thing. That's a good word right there. Verse 51, then he got into the boat with them and the wind stopped and they were utterly astonished. Everybody say utterly astonished. For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves But their heart was hardened. Okay, that's verse 52. For they had not gained any insight from the incident of the loaves, but their heart was hardened. So here we see Jesus walking on the water, and they saw Jesus walking on the water, and the Bible tells us in verse 51 that they were utterly astonished. Okay, and then it said that because their hearts were hardened, because they did not consider the miracle of the fish and the loaves. They did not consider the fish and the loaves. Uh, The Weymouth Translation says, For they had not learned the lesson taught by the loaves. So the loaves could have taught them a lesson. KJV says, King James Version says, For they considered not the fish in the loaves. All right? So they see Jesus walking on the water, and they were utterly astonished. How many know you're not astonished by what you're expecting? So they weren't expecting that kind of miracle. They weren't expecting miracles, you see. Uh, Because when they saw Jesus walking on the water, they were utterly astonished. Uh, You know, if if you tell somebody, hey, I'm going to be by your house, or if somebody tells you, I'm going to be by your house at 6 p.m., and then they knock on the door at 6 p.m., when that knock comes on the door, you should not be utterly astonished, right? Because you're expecting it. Because they said, I'll come knock on your door at 6 or whatever, and you say, so you're expecting it. If you're just at home, you know, whatever, laid out on the couch and the place is, you know, maybe not up to to guest standards, you know, and a a knock comes at the door. Have you ever had it happen? And you're utterly astonished. You know, I've been there. I've been utterly astonished. You know, where you do the math, how much, you know, will they see if they stand at the door? How much can I clear up before I open up the door, you know? I'm just opening up here to you tonight. We're all friends. Amen. So, you know, but you're not utterly astonished by what you're expecting. Isn't that right? So they weren't expecting this kind of miracle because their hearts were hardened because they did not consider the miracle of the fish and the loaves. So, you know, the fish and the loaves should have taught them a lesson. Amen. What they should have learned, one thing they should have learned from the fish and the loaves is a guy who could multiply fish and loaves. Of course he walks on water. Are you with me tonight? (laughs) They did not consider, the Bible says, the fish and the loaves. They did not consider the type of person that they were hanging out here with. The guy multiplied fish and the loaves. If he, multipl- if he takes a little boy's lunch and feeds thousands of people, it should come as no great surprise that he gets across lakes by walking on water. Amen. It said they considered not the fish and the loaves. Their heart was hardened, so they were utterly astonished when they saw Jesus walking on water. We could flip this verse around, amen? And we can say, okay, if they had considered the fish in the loaves, they would not have been astonished by Jesus walking on water. If they had considered the miracle of the fish in the loaves, they would not have hardness of heart. So, in other words, if they had considered the fish in the loaves, they could have built expectation in their heart for miracles like Jesus walking on water. Are you following me tonight? if they had considered the fish and the loaves, they would have softened their heart and they would have built expectation for the miraculous. So in other words, if we consider the miracles of Jesus, we can soften our heart and we could build expectation for the miraculous. Are you with me here tonight? I mean, let's consider for a minute the fish and the loaves. Uh, You know, it's it's a notable miracle. Jesus, you know, multiplied the fish and the loaves and he took that little boy's lunch and the disciples said, what should we do? These people have been with us a long time. Should we go into town and should we get more food? He said, no, you know, bring, we'll handle it. We'll multiply it. And so he takes this little boy's lunch and he makes, he, he multiplies it and feeds thousands of people. So it was fish and loaves, bread and fish. So he, he creates on the spot fish that were never born, adult sized fish. He, he supersedes, are you following me? he supersedes the process of the egg supersedes the process of growth from you know after the fish is you know uh, uh, the whole thing fertilization just bypasses the whole thing these are fish that had adult fish that had never been in water right. amen and then whatever part of the process, however they were prepared, whether they were smoked or salted or whatever it is, it's just instant. It's done. He takes adult fish and he makes more adult fish. They're prepared. They're ready to eat. They've never been born. They've never been in water. And he just makes some more. Hallelujah. And then he multiplies some loaves, you know. And this, this is made from grain that was never planted, you know. There, there, it was never, it, it never, the seed was never put in the ground. That by entirely bypasses seed time and harvest for this particular miracle, just skips it, you know. All the ingredients were never, were never separate, it just makes a completely made bread, cooked bread, amen. Cooked bread that's never been in an oven just makes it. Just here's some loaves for you, you know. Of course, he walks on water, <laughs> amen. He's not limited by the, by the limitations of this world. The greatest enemy of, of miracles is human reasoning, right, right, right. trying to figure out how. I don't know how he did it, but I know he can do it. Amen. Amen. Uh, so if you consider these things, you know, to consider you could just take just the miracle of the fish and the loaves. What do we mean by consider it? Learn the lesson of it, meditate on it. And then stack up your situation that you're facing to yeah okay if he did this to the fish and the loaves what can he do in my situation what can he do with my finances what can he do in my body what can he do with this tumor what can he do with whatever it is you know Uh, I'll share you some testimonies I I, you know that I've seen I share this one frequently it was uh, I guess it was 2004 my mom's mom my grandmother my maternal grandmother. I uh, was living in Parma, Ohio with my mom, and she had a massive stroke. And uh, my mom called me about 5 o'clock in the evening, and she said, you know, your grandmother's had a massive stroke. I took her to, I don't know if she called the EMT or if they, she drove her to Parma Hospital, but Parma said Parma Hospital said they're going to fly her to the Cleveland Clinic. So, you know, she had a massive stroke. Just be in prayer. Then my mom calls me back, and she says, no, the doctor examined her canceled the flight, canceled the flight. They were going to life flight her, canceled it because it's too, you know, too extensive. They're saying she probably won't live through the night. She's unconscious now. She won't regain consciousness. If she regains consciousness, she'll just be a vegetable, you know, that kind of thing. So it was pretty, you know, end of the line. And then, I, so I, I don't remember. It was later in the evening when I was able to get up to Parma Hospital and my mom and dad were there. I went in and the conversations in the hospital room were already, you know, well, she was a good woman and she, she was a blessing to us and things like that. She's unconscious. She's got an oxygen mask on. There's no, no response. So um, my, my mom had filled out paperwork for hospice that night because, you know, the doctor said just in case she hangs on for a few days. So my mom had already filled out the paperwork for hospice. We sat up there a little while. My dad left. And then I took my mom, drove her home, and I came back. And, you know, my grandmother, of course, is still unconscious. But I'm talking to the Lord about this in the hospital room. And uh, they let me stay up past visiting hours because of the severity of the situation, you know. So I'm praying. And I said, um, you know, Lord, it may very well be her time to go. You know, the Bible says with long life he'll satisfy us. And she was already in her 80s. I knew she knew the Lord. My grandfather had gone home to be with the Lord 15 years earlier um, she was had lived a full life, you know, by natural standards. So I said, Father, it may very well be her time to go, but you just don't do things this way. Are you with me tonight? I know mean, God doesn't do things that way. <laughs> you know, it happens, but it's not how God does business. In other words, I, I'm i just talking to the Lord because honestly, what I was doing is I'm trying to figure out how to pray in the situation. Have you ever been in a situation like that? Because it wasn't like she was, you know, 17 and struck down in her youth. It was like, it, this may be it. This may be a good time for her, you know. Uh, she's in that season of life. But uh, I said, you know, but this isn't how you do things. I said, Lord, you ne-, I never saw Jesus in the Gospels lay his hands on somebody and give him a stroke. Amen. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, I never saw Jesus poke, poke somebody's eyes out and make them blind and say, you know, you might not understand this right now, but all your friends are going to get saved. And, and, you know, I know things worked out a little better for Bartimaeus than you, but I, I you know, it, it's, this is my plan for you. I said, Lord, I, I just don't see, you don't just, you just don't do things this way. And I said, Father, I feel obligated to stand against it. And so I took authority over it, and I prayed in Jesus' name, and I took, I took authority, you know. What does that mean? Well, in Jesus' name, the name above every other name, not my name or the name of any church, I just commanded, you know, those stroke symptoms to be reversed, the damage to be reversed, and, you know, just for her to be made whole. And so um, I left, and there was no change. She was still unconscious, and, you know, I, I left, but then I went home, went to bed, I kissed her on the forehead, and I said, see you soon, I told her, and I left, and Uh, The next morning I get a phone call from my mom. My mom was at Parma Hospital and, and she said, well, your grandmother's awake. She said the doctor who examined her last night said she wouldn't believe it was the same person if she hadn't examined her herself. And she said she'd never seen anybody recover from a stroke like that. And my mom said, well, my son's a minister. He came up and prayed for her. And the doctor said, would you have your son pray for me? Amen. I mean, it made a believer out of her. I mean, you know, the person who's looking at the chart and understands the chart, if they believe, then there's something happening there, you know. And so uh, she said, she asked my mom, she said, well, what do you want me to do? And I, there was something with insurance, and she said, well, can she stay here a couple days and then whatever? And the doctor said, absolutely. So they kept her a couple more days, and then they put her into insurance-covered therapy. So she goes from hospice to insurance-covered therapy in like six hours, amen? <laughs> Glory to God, you know? Something happened. So uh, she was talking. She passed all her swallow tests. No no paralysis. I mean, nothing. Just like, you know, she, she wakes up the next morning. And she's just, you know, talking like she did before the stroke. It was a miracle. Amen. Now you say, well, how can God do that? I don't know how he could do that, you know. I don't know what happened. I don't know how the, you know, what had to happen in her brain for that to be reversed. I don't know, you know, how that hemorrhaging damage was reversed. I just know he's able to do it. Amen. I don't know exactly how he multiplied the fish and the loaves, but I know a guy who could multiply fish and loaves, of course he could reverse stroke symptoms. Amen. Are you with me tonight? Of course he could protect us from disease. Of course he could cause cancer to go. Of course he could open blind eyes. Of course he could open deaf ears. Praise God. I don't know how. I don't know. I I don't exactly understand these things that, you know, what needs to happen in places. We can't possibly understand everything God's able to do. We just need to trust that he's able to do it. That what he said he would do, he would do. That's faith. Just trust in God. Amen. And sometimes just shutting off that part that says I need to understand this and say, you're not going to understand it. Amen. Just trust him to do it. Talking about faith here tonight. Is this helping anybody? So um, Jesus said their heart was hardened because they didn't consider the fish and the loaves. So considering the miracles of Jesus can soften your heart. So considering the miracles of Jesus can build expectation for miracles. So meditating on the miracles of Jesus could do a change in your heart and in your soul so when something miraculous happens, you're not even all that surprised. Amen. You're not utterly astonished because you say, yeah, that's right. That looks just like Jesus. That sounds like the Jesus of the Gospels that I read about. Yeah, that's exactly what I was expecting to happen. I was expecting this kind of thing. I was expecting walking on water miracles. I was expecting... Expecting people being raised from the dead kind of miracles. Because that's the kind of savior that I serve. Amen. Are you with me tonight? So glory to God. So um, a couple more stories. I know. Uh, <laughs> praise God. Which like. Uh, what's that? Okay. All right. Here's Jocelyn. I, she helps me out here. You know which one, which one out of the list should we share? You know. So I minister in Des Moines, Iowa. And. um, we were. I was there. This is another stroke testimony, and uh, I was ministering. It was a Sunday night service, and and we were doing. Uh, this is just. This is more recent. This would have been probably, I don't know, 2015, <clears throat> and uh, I was ministering on a Sunday night in a church service, and a woman was there named Candy. She had just heard about the service on Facebook. She had been ministered to by several people, you know, in several services. And and nothing happened. Nothing. There was no help. She was really. She had a severe stroke. She had trouble walking. She just kind of shuffled. You know, eyesight was really really affected by it. Um, Short term memory and you know was was affected. A lot of things were affected. And and so she was in the service that night. She thought I'd just give it one more shot. And as she described to us that she had considered suicide. And in her testimony later, she said, "If if I had the guts, I would have committed suicide." She said, "I was just so." Despondent, and it was just so you know, just then you know, just the whole thing. And she couldn't digest food, she was scheduled to have surgery because there, there was so much nerve damage in her, you know, in her, uh, in her stomach, and there were some corrective surgery they were going to do for that. So she comes in on a Sunday night, they bring her to the front, and she, like I said, she needs somebody to help her. She, she you know, just kind of shuffles to the front, and we minister to her and pray for her in the name of Jesus. And instantly, I said, well, what's going on? And she looks around, and she says, you know, I could make out, you know, so-and-so, somebody that she knew here on the front, on the front row, and, and she said, I couldn't see that before, and already we could see that her speech was improved, you know, but it, yeah, she couldn't say anything the other person was speaking for that brought her up before that, so her, her speech is improved, and she says, yeah, I think I feel a little better, you know, and movement and stuff, and you could hear in her voice and stuff, and her, her sight was improved a little bit, so there was a change, which thank God for it, you know. And um, we said, all right. I said, well, would you come back tomorrow night? We had a Monday night service, actually at a different location in town. Would you come to the service tomorrow night? Just in my spirit, I said, I believe that God's, he's still, you know, he's just started this and we're gonna see more tomorrow. Could you come tomorrow night? She said, yeah. Uh, Or she said, no, I can't drive, you know. And I said, well, who would bring her? And somebody volunteered. So Monday night comes, that's Sunday night, 24 hours later, Monday night service. I still remember, I could see it. I see her walk in the back, and she's going like this. And she smiles. She's got glasses on now. She walks down by herself. Full range of movement is restored. Her vision is restored. Amen. Uh, she, and she had a perfectly placed doctor's appointment. So we pray for her Sunday night. The next morning, she had a doctor's appointment. She goes in, and uh, she, she had had 95% nerve damage from the stroke, 95%. He tested her Monday morning. She had 0.01% nerve damage canceled her surgery that was supposed to be on her stomach you know his name was dr palmer he was a believer also he was so excited he called her pastor amen he called her pastor and gave him the testimony and said you know this is what she came and testified every night of that meeting we had four nights you know and uh had built some expectation praise god how did it happen? I don't know how it happened. You know, I mean, as far as you know, what I'm what I'm saying by that, I know God did it. I know it was an answer to prayer, as He laid out in His Word. But I mean, the actual physics of how it happened, you know, I don't know. All I know is God is able to do what He said He would do. Amen. Jesus multiplied the fish and the loaves. Of course he could do something like that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same Savior now as he's always been. He's still in the miracle business today just like he was 2,000 years ago. Amen. There's still nothing impossible for him today just like there was nothing impossible 2,000 years ago. Amen. Amen. He still has compassion on the hurting and suffering today like he did on the shores of Galilee. Amen. And so, you know, how do you expect more of these things? Because if you haven't noticed, expectation and faith has a real connection to how much of these things we see. Have you noticed that? You know, somehow we've we've got the idea. I don't know where it came from, this idea that, well, we're not even part of the process. If God wants to do things like this, he's just going to... He's just gonna pour it out, and whether we are on board or not, it's just gonna happen, and it's beyond our control, and it doesn't require our cooperation. I mean, no, that's not the story that's laid out in the Gospels. You know, we see Peter, we see Jesus tell, tell several people, Be it unto you according to your faith. And the thing is, God wants to do these things for people. He wants it more than we want it. If you're dealing with sickness or disease tonight, he wants you healed more than you want to be healed. Amen. He wants to help you more than you want to be helped. He wants to help humanity more than they want his help. Amen. God's compassion is greater for them than even our love for ourselves. Praise God. But he has set up a system by his sovereignty where he has given man a free will. Everybody say, I have free will. (laughs) Why? Because he didn't want slaves. Did you know that we couldn't really worship God if we didn't have a free will? Isn't that right? If he just made us, you know, robots and and we didn't have a choice, how could you worship God if you don't have a choice? How could you give God any kind of worship that would minister to him if you had no choice but to worship? See, he wanted people that would choose to serve him. That makes sense, doesn't it? He wanted children that would choose to worship him. He wanted children that have a choice. And in the choice, they would say, Jesus, I love you. I choose to love you because you showed your love to me. Doesn't that, doesn't that make sense to you? Amen. Amen. Yeah, religion has twisted it up. But, you know, that story's always been in the gospels for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God demonstrated his love to mankind. Had a had a love plan for mankind so man would respond to his love and love him back. And that doesn't work if man can't choose. If he had just set up a robotic system where man had to, had to worship him, had to serve him, there would be no response of love. Is this helping anybody here? So, you know, there's this story, there's this theme that, that, that experiencing the things of God requires our cooperation. And one of those ways that we cooperate is through faith. Is this clearing some things up? This is faith school tonight, Amen. So they considered, that they, they were utterly astonished by Jesus walking on the water. So, amen, we can, we can meditate on these things, meditate on these stories, and, uh, and build them big inside of us, you see. You could just take, this is a great time, just to go through, you know, there's so many lists now, it's so easy now, with Google, and just, you know, Google miracles of Jesus. And you could write down all the references of where they are in the Gospels, and just go through them, and just meditate on them how he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead, how he raised Lazarus from the dead, how he told them at the tomb of Lazarus, did I not tell you that if you believed you would see the glory of God, you would see the glory of God? Meditate on the 10 lepers and how he healed them and said, go show yourself to the priest. And by the time they got there, they're cleansed and they're whole. Meditate on that. Build that up inside of you. Consider it. Learn the lessons that those miracles have to teach, like it says, amen. Hallelujah, it'll build expectation in you. It'll soften your heart. It'll cause you to expect those things more in your life, amen. Let it drive out doubt, let it drive out fear, let it drive out worry, let it drive out those things. Establish a new paradigm in your mind of, oh yeah, this is the Jesus that I serve. He is a miracle worker still. This is what he's like, amen. And you just do that for a couple days. Take some time and you'll immediately just feel some softening in your heart, amen, how many of you feel it tonight as we're talking about these things that how many have the expectation being built in you tonight that that your your expectation level has gone up a couple notches as we're talking about who he is and what he does amen so they saw Jesus walking on water and they were utterly astonished apparently that was not the right response amen <laughs> But it didn't have to be that way. And thank God the word showed us exactly how we can change it. So if they had considered the fish and the loaves when Jesus was walking on water, their response would have been something more like Peter later on in the gospels where he saw Jesus walking on the water and he wasn't utterly astonished. But he said, Master, if that's you, bid me come unto you on the water. I'll come out there with you. He wasn't utterly astonished. He wasn't terrified. There was a change in Peter's heart. And not only did he believe that Jesus could do it, but he believed that he could do it with Jesus. Just speak the word to me, master. See, that that was Peter. The same Peter who was terrified in the story we read in Mark 6 was asking to walk on the water with Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So, you know, in this season, in this time going on, Man, it would just be a good regimen. Add to whatever your you know whatever your regimen is. Take some, uh, your devotional time or whatever. Take some time every day. Think about the miracles of Jesus. Meditate on the miracles of Jesus. You can just stay on the fish and the loaves and let that be a blessing to you. Just meditate on it. Think about how he took a little boy's lunch and he fed 5,000 people. And then think about how he's the same today as he was then. And let that, you know, give a perspective to everything that's going on in your life right now. Amen. Let that give a perspective to everything that's going on in the world and in the circumstances that surround us. Is he the same Jesus? Is is he still able to do then what he does now? Is he still willing to do now what he did then? Yeah. So, I'll tell you a couple more stories. How many want to hear a couple more stories? I'm ministering in Shepherdsville, Kentucky, at a church. This is going back uh, I don't know five, six years. Shepherdsville, Kentucky, at a church uh, south of Louisville. In in Shepherdsville is in Bullitt County, Kentucky, man. Bullock, <laughs> yeah, Bullock County is is every bit every bit of Kentucky that you would imagine it to be, man. Bullock County is rough. It's like they're rough, you know. Pastor told me stories about literally like knife fights out in the parking lot between people who dishonored each other's families and stuff. I mean, this is this is, church members, church members, <laughs> born again, spirit filled church members bringing bats and knives to church to settle like family feuds, you know. Uh, there was there was one, and I, I am not going to make you know I am not going to say whether I approve or disapprove of the situation i 'll just tell you the story for comic relief tonight. There was one woman in the church, horrible, horrible story uh, her Her daughter was molested by a guy in the community. She went to his trailer, shot him dead, just walked in the door, and shot him, and just went home. Uh, They took her to court. The jury said, not guilty. That's how it works here. I mean, that was it. I mean, they're just like, yeah, that sounds like justice to me. That's Bullitt County. Amen. That's what Bullitt County is like. They took, she the jury said, yep, that sounds about right. Let her go. Let her go free, you know. So <laughs> just, you just shot the guy, man. I mean, you know. So uh praise the Lord. Anyways, moving on from there. I that is, you know, th- th- this network does not necessarily agree with every, you know, we'll leave it with that. But uh, so you know, Bullock County's rough. I was ministering down in Bullock County. This woman came, she had been born again for four years, or for uh two years. So she's newly, you know, just came to know the Lord. And uh But four years before, that's where I got the four years from, she was in a a pretty good car accident, and she had messed up one of her legs, and she had a plate and some pins in her ankle, which made it impossible for her to stand on her toes, you know, because of the the, the pins that kind of kept it frozen, and she could not run. So we prayed for her, In This service and we said now in Jesus name stand up on your toes. She stood up on her toes, which was impossible, you know And she then I said well now go ahead and take a run and she took a run around the church two things that she could not do because of pins and and a plate Now I don't know what happened. I don't know you know, I, I, I tried to follow up with her, but we didn't have any contact information because I really wanted x-ray number two, you know. I really I really wanted what what happened to that plate and pin. I really wanted to know, you know. I mean, did God make it like rubber and it was flexible? Did it just dissolve and was it gone? I don't know, but it was either gone or it was just made flexible because she was able to stand on her toes and run. God healed her. Full range of movement without pain was restored to that ankle, amen. Now, the cool thing was she put it on Facebook, and because she was newly saved, um, a lot of her friends were still not, didn't know the Lord, you know, sometimes that changes as time goes on. And the the next night, there was like five or six people, her Facebook friends, who were like, we got to see what's going on here, and they came, amen. Of course that happens. Everybody say, of course that happens. That sounds just like Jesus, doesn't it? I mean is this just like some kind of social club we're a part of? I mean is this just like some kind of moral code, some fraternity we belong to? Or are we servants of the God who created the heavens and the earth? Do we serve the Jesus who died on the cross and rose again from the dead? It should surprise us if it if it doesn't look like that. Are you with me tonight? It should be more, we should be utterly astonished when these things don't happen. Because this is exactly what Jesus looks like. This is exactly who he is. And it doesn't matter what the atheists say. And it doesn't matter how much people may try to deny it. It doesn't change the fact, everybody say the fact, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know, I talked about atheists. You know, I had a friend who I knew in high school, and he uh we were both he was a christian when uh when we were in high school and then he went off to college and had become a very aggressive atheist you know reading after guys like dawkins and stuff and and he had become a very aggressive atheist and i hadn't talked to him in years so we go from being in high school together and he is like reading all this aggressive atheism stuff and i am a you know, healing evangelist by trade, you know. by this time, I mean, I I make my work in in miracles, you know. So we are kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum at this point, you know. So uh, they don't even have an IRS tax code for that, you know. I don't have a, I just have to say minister, right. So um, anyhow, he says, uh, he, he says, you know, he starts cutting in on me about uh, you know creation well how did this happen how did that happen you know and and i'm no creation expert thank god there's people who are and i told him i said i don't know i wasn't there you know <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't know exactly how all this happened and he's having a ball just thinking he's tearing me apart and i said well let me tell you this though and i told him the story about my grandmother who had the stroke that i told you here tonight and i said you know my grandmother and I, his, and I said, you know, uh, you remember her. And I said, this really happened. I said, I'm not sharing with you some church teaching. I said, this is fact. Uh, you know, Web, one of Webster's dictionaries said, a fact is something that has actually happened in reality. Amen. And I said, this actually happened in reality. I said, not only that, this isn't even religion. This is science. I mean, you know, there was some test taken the night she had the the stroke. And then the next morning, the doctor took some more tests. And, you know, it it was scientifically proven. I said, this isn't even like, you know, this isn't religion. I said, this is a fact. This is something that happened in reality. And, And then I told him this story, you know. I said, you remember my dog when we were in high school? He said, yeah, I had a dog named Heidi. Now, I grew up seven miles from downtown Cleveland in Parma, Ohio, and, uh, you know, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28 that one of the blessings that comes on Abraham, it talks about cursings and blessings, one of the blessings that comes on Abraham is that your livestock will be blessed, right? Well, the only livestock we had room for, you know, in Parma, Ohio was a miniature collie, amen. I mean, I could fit my yard, you know, right here, so reach out and touch my neighbors. Anybody live in a house like that, touch your neighbors, right? They were, they were Yugoslavian and I would like go to sleep at night and I could hear him speak in Serbian all night. But anyway, so it's that close, you know, that kind of situation. And uh, I said, you remember my dog? Well, she got really sick when I was in high school. And uh, he, I guess he didn't know the whole story, but she got cancer and she had, um, was throwing up you know and and liver cancer and throwing up yellow and the whole thing my mom took the dog to the vet there on state road and he was a Sikh of of the eastern religion wore a turban and we uh he gave my mom a month's worth of some kind of medication I don't know what it was something that was just supposed to ease you know ease her suffering nothing that was going to turn it around and he said your dog won't last as long as this you know month worth of medication he said so this is the best we could do well, my dad was just not hearing it. My dad, he's gone on to be with the Lord now, but he was the biggest animal lover that you ever met. And he prayed for that dog. And I still could see us in my mind all gathering around the dog, you know, in the living room. And he was standing on Deuteronomy 28, the blessings of Abraham will be yours. And he said, Cancer's not a blessing. And, you know, we just take authority over this in Jesus' name. And the dog, you know, just. Whatever was <laughs> doing what dogs do, and so within a, within just a short while, I mean, just almost immediately, within a few days, the symptoms alleviated. The dog's not throwing up anymore. She's starting to act more normal. And then a month goes by. The dog's totally normal. Not we're not giving her the medication anymore. It runs out. You know, it's gone. My mom says, well, I guess I'll take her back to the vet and see what he says. What do we do now? So she goes back to the vet. The vet examines the dog and then pulls my mom aside. And he says, listen, you know, he's a Sikh, like I said. And he says, listen, um, if I told my colleagues who I sent this dog's blood test to that your dog was still alive, they'd laugh at me. He said, there is one explanation for this. Your God healed that dog. Amen. Amen. Now he's, you know, Hindu, your God healed that dog. He, I guess he could add him to the list. You know, I hope he, I hope he finds Jesus. But he said, your God healed that dog. The dog lived for years after that. You know, the dog went on for like, I don't know, six or seven years, lived a full life. She was like 12, 13, you know, when she went. But i so I'm telling my friend, this is my atheist friend, this story. And I said, that's, I said, what are you going to do with that? You know, th- this is, this is, I said, this isn't, this isn't something that was told to me like some legend passed down for generations. I said, you knew this dog. I said, you know I wouldn't lie to you. He said, I know you wouldn't lie to me. And we were good friends. I said, so what are you going to do with that? He said, maybe I need to come to some of your meetings. <laughs> I said, yeah, come on, man, come, you know. Come see what happens. But of course, I didn't do that. My dad didn't do that. God healed, just like the doctor said, your God healed this dog. Amen. How, how many you know that we, I want. how many want to see more of that kind of stuff? I love it, man. I want to see some more of that. Thank God. You know, it's exciting to see, but how many realize that there's people that need miracles, that there is no natural answer for? And, and we need to bring it to them. We need to, we need to be part of their answer, amen. And uh, thank God, we want to do our part to see that, it, that it's accessible to them, that we want to be, you know, we are the body of Christ, the Bible tells us. We are his hands. We are his feet. There's songs that are written about it. What does that mean, though? When he walked the earth, he, he laid his hands on the sick and they recovered. Now, if he's going to lay his hands on the sick, it's going to be through you and it's going to be through me. It's going to be through his body. It's going to be through his church. And so we need to build expectation in our heart. We need to soften our heart. We need to not be utterly astonished when it happens. We need to be expecting it. Like I said, you're not, you're not astonished by what you're expecting. He wouldn't, they, they wouldn't have been astonished by that kind of miracle if they weren't expecting it. Praise God, this is something that we could do. Uh, there, is, there is physical exercise and the Bible says it profits a little. It does profit. There's no doubt about that. It profits. But the Bible says it profits a little. Well, compared to what? Compared to spiritual exercise, there's also spiritual exercise. And this is a spiritual exercise you could do. This is something that you can schedule, like you would say, okay, every, every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I'm going to the gym, every whatever. Every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm going to go out and take a long run. Whatever the case is, this is a spiritual exercise that you can just schedule into your life, and just like your body responding to physical exercise, it will produce change and results in you. You know, when you, if you lift weights, those muscles, they have no, if you're physically capable of it, if everything's working right, those muscles have no choice but to respond. They will respond if you, if you, just, if you just do it. Amen. I mean, if your body's operating properly like it's supposed to and everything, they're going to respond. There's going to be change. So it is with the heart. Romans 10:17 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you meditate on the word, if you meditate on the miracles of Jesus, it'll build expectation. It'll soften your heart. You will become a person who ex- expects miracles more in the days to come than you do tonight. And there is something about faith and expectation that opens the door for God to do these things. So I would encourage you, you know, set yourself up a miracle exercise plan, amen? Amen. Glory to God. Meditate on the works of Jesus. Meditate on the miracles of Jesus. Think about how he raised Lazarus from the dead. Close your eyes. Read the stories. Read it in different translations. Thank God it's easier now than it's ever been before. It's easier now with, you know, with the internet than it's ever been before. You could just instantly Bible hub or something and get the story in, you know, seven eight nine ten 10 different translations, you know, meditate on it. Think about it. Think about like we did with the miracle of the fish and the loaves tonight. Think about, man, he took those loaves and he made, he, he bypassed all those natural boundaries because that's really what trips us up, isn't it? When we need a miracle or there's something we think, yeah, but you don't understand that my meniscus is torn. I mean, that doesn't just grow back. That doesn't just happen. Well, you don't understand. Adult fish don't just become other adult fish. Amen. and 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 you just meditate on that. And you just feed your faith. You don't understand this thing is spreading through the whole country. It's spreading so fast it seems out of control. You don't understand, you know, we're we're doing everything we can. We're shutting everything down, but you don't understand. Yeah, but you don't understand there is a God. And he said, let there be light, and there was light, and he's still the same God today. And he's given us promises, and he's given us scripture that we can stand on, that we can trust in, Amen. amen. Talking about faith for miracles tonight, praise God. Um, hallelujah. So, you know, you think about different stories like, uh, Lazarus. I like the story of Lazarus and being raised from the dead because, uh, As far as natural circumstances are concerned, he was worse off, the the worse off of anybody that Jesus ministered to, dead for three days. That's pretty bad, you know. And I I like to open healing services, and I like to start off by saying, I don't know what you're facing here tonight, but as I scan the room, everybody here is at least three days ahead of Lazarus, amen. (laughs) So if it wasn't too late for him, it's not too late for you either, right? And Jesus, <laughs> it's funny, but it's true, man. It works, it works, you know. I've taken real encouragement from that before. You think, you know, if it, it feels bad, but I'm at least four days ahead of him, praise God. You know, I got a four-day lead on him at the very least, praise, amen. And Jesus reached into that situation and pulled him out. He could pull me out too, amen. So, uh, you know, Jesus comes on the scene, and he tells him, he said, did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Now, this is not a guy that's sick. This is a guy that has begun to turn into dirt, all right? This is four days, you know. I mean, we're talking, forget about brain damage, you know. It's, I mean, this is like, they said he already began to stink. What does that mean? That means things are already breaking down and returning to, you know, already returning to soil, you know, taking on a different form. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. And he wakes up, man. He walks out. And you think, my God, that's so astonishing. Yeah, but is it? I mean, is it if you think about who God is? Are you with me tonight? Of course. Of course, Lazarus came forth. Of course, he came forth. Of course, the stone was, you know, he came out. They rolled away the stone. Of course, he did. Of course, he could help you. Of course, he could help me. Of course, he could heal the sick. Come on, you know, amen. (laughs) Of course, he heals the sick. Of course, he causes tumors to disappear. Of course, he could create something that's missing, and put it back. Thank God. Amen. We're talking about the things that we consider the big things. They're big for us, but they're not big for him. You know, they might they might be uncommon for us in some in some areas, but they're, 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 that doesn't make it the, the, the rarity of it doesn't make it more difficult for God. Just because you may ha- maybe haven't seen it, maybe haven't heard of it, doesn't mean he can't do it. Amen. And doesn't mean he doesn't want to do it. Amen. But he needs some cooperation. It's an amazing thing, you know. So uh, you think about, you know, my friend Brother Paul here who teaches this class. uh, His mom, it was your mom that was a Foursquare pastor, right? Yeah, his mother pastored a Foursquare church, which was a Pentecostal denomination started by a woman who's actually pretty famous even now named Amy Semple McPherson. And uh, she was a Canadian. And she, in the 20s, you know, started campaigning and doing healing meetings and Pentecostal revivals all over the country, started churches all over the United States, ended up building a temple called Angelus Temple in uh, Los Angeles, uh, on Echo, in Echo Park neighborhood. Uh, it's still there, 5,000-seat auditorium. And during the Depression, she was running four services a day, she was the first woman to have a license for a radio station, she owned it herself. You know, like you know, got a. I don't know exactly how, but she, the first woman, you know, not the first Pentecostal woman, not the first, the first woman, you know, and she owned her own radio station in the twenties. Amen. I mean, sometimes people think uh, that's pretty. That's pretty progressive, man. That's that's pretty forward. That uh, you think about that, people are always on the church about, oh, you're so backwards and this and that. Not quite. You know, you don't know your history. Uh, she was she was changing the world, and so. Uh brother Paul, his his mom was a pastor in that organization. Now here you have this woman. I met a guy, has anybody this is going way back. My parents used to listen to the Imperials. Anybody remember the Christian group, the Imperials? Amen. All right. So my folks used to listen to on wax, man, on vinyl. They used to listen to the Imperials, you know, amen. <laughs> on, right, and so the Imperials, man, the Imperials, used, they sang back up for Elvis at different times, you know. So the base of the Imperials, the original base, was a guy by the name of Armin Morales, okay. So I'm preaching in a meeting in Augusta, Georgia, in um, 2009, and Armas, Armin Morales is there. And, you know, he's telling us stories about Elvis, but um, he also... Uh, used to go to, well, he used to go to, um, he used to go to uh, Angelus Temple when he was a little boy, when he was growing up. And his uncle was an uh, usher at Angelus Temple back when Amy Semple McPherson was still alive and doing meetings. And so this is a guy who grew up in the Pentecostal movement. And I asked him, I said, you know, Armin, what was the most notable miracle that you ever saw? And he said, well, that's easy. He said there was a night that uh, a woman brought in a baby that was missing an arm. And he said, I was a little child. And he said, but I was there and I saw it. And he said, and as she prayed for that arm just shot out and that baby had two whole arms. Amen. Right there, you know, and he, I said, hallelujah, praise God, you know, and uh, he told me some other stories, but that was the most notable. He said, for sure. And I said, man, that's incredible. And I could go on and tell you more stories like that and, and, and that other people had seen that kind of thing. And it could seem so shocking to us. But think about God and who he is. Of course he could do that. Amen. And you think, why, why, why is it that, what was he just, does he just, we, we got it backwards, and I'll close with this. I know we went a long time tonight. We'll, or I guess this is about regular time. We'll end in just a couple minutes here. But um, you know, we get this idea like, like all of a sudden God just gets in the mood to do this and he just starts doing these really outstanding miracles at different times in history and he really helps people at different times. And he'll just pour out something special and the sick will be healed and the dead will be raised and the blind will see and the deaf will hear and then he'll kind of skip a few generations and then he'll decide to do it again. But listen, God does not move in waves. Man moves in waves. God is always the same. The Bible says so. But every once in a while, he finds some people that will work with him. Every once in a while, he'll find somebody that says, yeah, I believe he could do that. Amen. I believe he could do it for me. I believe he could do it at my church. I believe he could do it in my neighborhood. There's somebody who say, yeah, not only do I believe it, but I expect it. Amen. And then they'll get out there, and they'll, and they'll see it, and then it'll start rolling, and the ball will roll, and it increases. You know, Amen. And it wasn't, that, it wasn't that all of a sudden God decides to do it at different times, but every once in a while God will find a group of people or a generation of people or even just one person whose heart is soft and they expect it and they're not utterly astonished when it happens. And they say, yeah, I believe God's exactly who the Bible says he is. I believe that he can do exactly what the Bible says he could do. And then you'll see people do those kind of things. You'll see God do those kind of things through people. Because, you know, you can't convince me that God looks on the sick and suffering of one generation and has compassion on them and helps them. And then, and then, he, and then later on, he looks on another generation and he says, nope, sorry, not you, <laughs> you know. That doesn't sound like God at all, does it? No. All right, well, let's close in prayer tonight. Are you encouraged at all? So let's all do that, you know, amen. 2020, still pretty early in the year. Uh, this is for everybody tonight. God wants to do more through every person in this room. God wants to do more in your life, more in your body, more through you. Open doors for you to lay hands on the sick and minister to the people around you. You know that we could all come together collectively and and have faith for Him to move in our services and and things like that. He wants us to. He, he wants to do these things. It's not us asking God, please do it. It's, it's it's God saying, I want to do this for you. I love you, my children. I love you. I care about you. I want to move on your behalf. And he wants to help us, amen. And it's just us building our expectation, amen. Opening the door. Glory to God, softening our hearts. So let's do that. Let's just do that in the days to come. If you do a daily devotional or however you spend time with God every day, just add this to that time. Add this to that time. Uh, if you don't spend time with God every day, then just start. It's a great adventure, you know, and and think about Jesus. Meditate, learn the lesson by the fish and the loaves. Meditate on the miracles of Jesus specifically. You know, there's a lot of things that we could do in the Christian life. We should worship God, and that's good. We should do good deeds for other people. We should show show love to other people. That's good. But I'm talking about something very specific here meditate on the works of jesus let it soften your heart on the miracles of jesus let it soften your heart and build expectation in you and then act on that amen act on that pray for people believe god in your own life maybe if you need a miracle have somebody pray for you and believe god to do the what what what, what see, the seemingly impossible in your life amen um Man, I could go on tonight, you guys are such a great crowd, this Sunday night crowd, this Sunday night in the midst of pandemic crowd, amen, uh, come to hear faith, have your faith built tonight, this is great, man, and uh, you know, I, could just, I could just tell you stories and, and minister along these lines forever, but my heart is, I hope it increased your faith, I hope it built your faith, I hope you're expecting more as you walk out the door than you did when you walked in, and uh, praise God. And not only that, but as we continue along these lines, imagine if you just did this every day. Imagine if you thought about these things every day. Imagine what it could do to the doubt that has plagued every one of us, man. It just destroys doubt, just drives it out, amen. Drives out the doubt and it, it, it renews our mind. The Bible says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This world is a bad place. This world is filled with death. This world is filled with heartbreak. This world is filled with suffering and pain. But the Bible says that we're in the world, but we're not of this world. We're citizens of another kingdom. Amen. And we need to renew our mind to his kingdom, to his system. And we need to help people. And we need to be a blessing. And we need to let Jesus be Jesus through us. Amen. If you're able to stand tonight as we close, I'd like to minister to you. <clears throat> right in your seats. I was telling a story at lunch today. Pastor Jason and I were um, remember, you know, talking about miracles and uh, Chris, what is, uh, her arm was healed, uh, Bryce's sister's name. Was it Brooke? Brooke, okay. You know, you'll confirm this story. She came in, she had just broke her arm. This happened right here in this room. She was sitting right back here somewhere. Uh, she had broke her arm, and it was so it was really swollen so bad that the, the doctors could not um, put a cast on it until the swelling went down. And she came in for a Sunday morning service, and she had to hold up her arm because it was throbbing so bad. And it was wrapped real tight in an ace bandage. And um, she held it up through the whole service, you know, just to keep it above her head to try to keep it from throbbing and causing her pain. And it was really badly broken. They were going to let the swelling come down, do surgery, put in a pin, and then put on a cast. And we prayed for her in the service just like we're going to tonight. And right as she was in her seat, the power of God just touched her. Instantly, the swelling went down, the the ace bandage just fell loose, all pain left, movement was restored, full range of movement, they never had the surgery, never had a pin put in, amen, hallelujah, yeah, of course, of course he does those things, of course he does them, everybody say, of course he does them, Chris, is that what happened, amen, amen, that was his sister-in-law, you know, so, yeah, thank God, so, uh, of course these things happen, he is God, he is Jesus, he is the Savior, He's your savior. Everybody says my, my savior. He wants to do it in you, and he wants to do it through you. Amen. Bible says believers will lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Not just evangelists, believers. How many believers we got here tonight? Amen. I think we have mostly believers on Sunday night. Amen. So uh, yeah, he wants to help you. He wants to move through you. Father, I thank you for these precious people here tonight. And no matter what it is they're facing, no matter what's going on, I thank you that you're here. Jesus, you're here. You're here tonight, Father. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord, for deliverance from uh, sickness and disease and deliverance from demonic oppression. Lord, I thank you tonight, Father. Glory to God, you're worthy. You have delivered us from the control and the dominion of darkness, hallelujah. That's something that I didn't really cover tonight, but you know, there's mental things that torment people and God cares about that. And uh, my dad was set free from PTSD after Vietnam supernaturally. And we've seen people set free from clinical depression and we've seen different mental torments and things going on. God cares about that. And it's not too hard for him. It's not outside of his realm of possibility. And he's here to do it tonight. Amen. If you have physical pain in your body, he's here to help you tonight to take away the pain and the cause of it to make things right. He's here to do it tonight in Jesus name. So right now in the name of Jesus, I'm just going to pray for you. And we take authority over sickness and disease of every kind. We take authority over depression and mental torment and voices and the oppression of the enemy that is in people's minds. And we command it to stop in Jesus name. We command backs to be whole. We command organs, operate properly lungs operate properly in the name of jesus we take authority over viral infections and over viral pneumonia and over all kinds of diseases and and infections of the lungs and we command them to go in the name of jesus influenza go in jesus name arthritis and joint problems go cancer tumors go hearts be normal blood sugar levels be normal in the name of jesus Be healed and whole tonight in Jesus' name, on the authority of the name of Jesus. Now, if you released your faith for some kind of healing tonight, just thank God for it. Let's just thank him for it. Let's just thank him tonight. Let's thank him together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Lord, you're worthy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Amen. And you know, if you if personally, if you're contending for some kind of healing in your body, this is a great way to build your faith for it. You know, thank God we take promises that promise, you know, by Jesus' stripes we're healed. And we stand on those things and we say, I believe what the word says. And we confess the word and we speak what the word says. But also it's just good to meditate on on those miracles, to meditate on what he did for others because he's no respecter of persons and he'll do it for you. I'm gonna make myself stop, amen? Because you're just an easy group to preach to. Is Pastor Jason up here anymore? I don't think so, I guess I'm closing. Paul, is there anything else we need to do tonight? Is that normal? Do you not normally? Okay, if you got an offering, put it in the box back on the wall. Amen. All right, we love you guys. Thanks for coming out. I hope this helped you. Be blessed, amen.